This is Trash Talk with your host, Garrett the Trash Man. All right, what is up, everybody? I'm Garrett the Ombre de Basura, the Trash Man. You like that? Tyler looks like he's disappointed in my accent. Ombre de Basura. He likes, A little better. Yeah. Jeez. One. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys listening, um, tuning in. Now, we've got a good podcast for you, a book review. Mm-hmm. But first, we better rant. Mm-hmm. So, John, how about a rant? Okay. So, my rant is, more than anything, um, I have, this week's kind of been one of those weeks where, and I know everybody has them where, it kind of culminates into just like everything seems to go wrong. People are sick. Clients are complaining about stuff, wanting stuff changed. Titans over there yelling. Titans over there yelling. You know, it's just been kind of one of those weeks where like everything's gone wrong. And it is incredible how like it hasn't been a big deal. Mm hmm. Like, it's just like, all right, you know, we signed up for this. We're committed to it. And, like, all right, we, gotta, we got to uh, to focus on it. And it's incredible how much different things can be when you just focus on the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I actually, um, it's funny I say that because I now that I think about it, I've actually heard someone else say that this week, and I can't remember who it was, but they said if 90% goes to the solution, then the problem doesn't seem all that big or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it's funny how that's kind of played out in my life this week up until this point of like, you know, if I would have had this week even a year ago, oh, I would have been, oh, this is a week from hell, da, 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 all these problems, all these issues. Mm-hmm. But like you just focus on the solution and the problems typically get a whole lot easier to solve and they don't seem near as big like okay all right well we'll find a solution i may not know it up front or exactly what it is but you know just focus on the solution more than the problem mm-hmm. and it seems like um it, it, it makes it easier and more feasible to deal with yeah we'll just work through it even if it's waters you haven't so sold before yeah absolutely um, it makes me think of uh a quote that I say all the time, it goes, uh, um, if your internal state's dependent on your external situation, you're screwed. Yeah. Because um, you're talking an example of a bad week, and you, I've experienced it, and I would imagine that you have, where um, if you're letting that control you, internal, control you internally, you can't see the solutions, and it just snowballs into from a, a day that things didn't go your way to a week to a month to like, man, my life is a mess. And uh, if that's controlling you, that's how it builds. And it can go the opposite way too. If things are building you and you think, you know, your crap doesn't stink anymore. and You're just uh, <laughs> too good. You're high up on your high horse. It can, um, uh, you'll get brought down at some point yeah. as well. Um, so being able to control that and be like, oh yeah, we're down here. All right. Like I'm just focused, know what I committed to and I'm moving towards that. And when you're killing it and it's going even better than you thought, it's like, great. I'm focused. I know where I'm at and I know what I'm committed to and you just keep going. So I think that's very sound advice you're giving there. Well, and I don't even know if it's advice. It's just my experience of what this life, like what my life has been this week and Mm -hmm. what's, what's going on for me. So. 
Well, you are someone that's up to something in the world, so you got a few things going on. Just, just yeah, I, I'd agree. And and I would say that's that's my rant for today is be up to something in the world. Mm. Um, there's no there's no reason to be lazy. Whatever it is you've got going, just be up to something. Even if even if you're uh, not sure, you know, you don't have a clear path of exactly where you're going, just don't be lazy and be out and about and doing things, and you'll be amazed at, at what can happen. And I've, I've definitely seen this past week in my life being out and um, uh, a phrase I've heard my grandpa and my dad say a lot is shaking the trees. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I, I felt like that's what I've been doing for the last week or so is out shaking the trees. And all of a sudden, all these opportunities, these solutions to problems are in places that I I wasn't looking, but they're yeah. popping up. Um, and so just being out there, being up to something. And even if what you're up to is being committed to finding what you're wanting to be committed to. Yeah. Um, that's a very useful thing. It makes, there's an article, um, oh shoot, I wish I could remember the name of it, but it's a Harvard business guy that, um, talks about how he was, I think he was in his late twenties, probably around our age and decided like, you know what I'm committed to right now is I'm going to, I'm going to absolutely find out what, what my purpose is here on this earth. And so he talks about how he was spending like four hours a day before and after work whenever he could. And that's like strictly what he was dedicating his time to. Wow. Um, and that included like studying different helpful books, um, scripture, praying, different things like that. And I, I want to say he, it was like a year and a half that he kept this routine and got very clear on um, what his purpose in life was. Wow. And, and he stayed on that course since then. And, uh, so I just use that as an example of, you know, he wasn't, he could have easily wandered around for years and years going, Oh, I'm waiting for my purpose in life or my passion to drop in my, uh, lap. And he was like, Nope, I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm committed to figuring this out. And, uh, that's what he did. That's awesome. So I'd like to read that sometime if you. If yeah, you I've got it here. It. Yeah, right after I'll I'll grab it because I've got it here somewhere. Um, chug, dude, chug, dude. That kid is thirsty. <laughs> yeah, sorry, dude. I wasn't trying to dehydrate you. Um, so yeah, well, oh shoot, <laughs> I just stepped on the freaking cord. Um, yeah, well, let's uh let's jump into this podcast because I love when we do book reviews. But first, Larson Waste, world's best trash company. Give them a call, get signed up, do it now, or do it, just do it now. Yeah. Yeah, just do, just it. do it now. Just, just do, do it. it. Mm-hmm. Just do it. So, John, what book are we going to review? It's just a classic. And it just, yeah, it almost gets better every time I either read it or listen to it. And I know a lot of you may have already read it, listened to it, or have at least heard of it, but it's called The Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Clayson. Is that right? Yeah, Georgia. Yeah. Over one trillion copies sold. More than the Bible. Really? <laughs> no, oh, I was I, like, whoa. It's, it's a, popular, bud. That, that's that. a quote from uh, Michael Scott. Oh. Um, what yeah. the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> Over one trillion copies sold. More than the Bible. <laughs> I was like, Michael Scott, and then I, I, yeah. I caught the drift. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> the office. But yeah. Absolutely incredible book, and for those of they of you that haven't read it, 
maybe I'll just um, – but, yeah, set, set out kind of just the overview of the book because it's it's like stories but lessons in the story. So mm-hmm. you want to just kind of lay yeah. out the so the So overview? basically what George Clayson did is he took um, – he so Babylon was an ancient city in the Middle East – like the wealthiest city, yeah, like ever, right? Yeah. So, so basically, they were the first ever to create banking, to create philosophies of finance, to create uh, ways of managing money, and because of that, they were this city that started out um, on a river in the Middle East in just a barren, barren, barren wasteland. And because they educated themselves and they strove to learn and better themselves and create industrious things, they basically created the richest city in the world at the time that lasted for hundreds and hundreds of years. And because they continually learned and and impl- uh, uh, and applied uh, proven principles that are still used today in running their lives, like they were considered the greatest city in the world for many reasons – because they were the richest city, because they could never be conquered, um, because they were able to, their standard of living was so much higher than everybody else's, and it was just an incredible city and a way of being for for all the people, you know. And what he basically does is he takes different stories. Now, there's, there, they are fictional stories, but he... Um, but he, he did research on this city and then created fictional stories using the principles that they used back then that, that they have doc, uh, documents and records of and, and wrote this book and uses different stories to teach different principles of life and mostly um, finances of how to um, you know control your life financially and, and how to be you know a better person. And it's just, I can't recommend it enough because, and I've said this before on the principle or in on this podcast that I believe that the world is ran by the same principles it has been since the yeah. beginning of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, since the beginning of the human race, I believe the world is still ran on the same principles, and those principles, like once learned and applied in life, like there is no that there is no. Um, limit like you can create whatever you want in life so anyways that's kind of the 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 rough idea of the book and he's got lots of different stories in there and one that really just stuck with me um is it's actually i think the last one and he talks about um uh this guy is he was a he was a merchant where he would travel from city to city buying things and selling them, um, and basically he was getting old. He had had a partner for all these years. They'd become very wealthy, very influential people, done a lot of good and and blessed thousands of lives in their in their time. And uh, his the his partner's grandson was with him, and his partner's grandson had never had to work, didn't understand how his grandfather had become wealthy, was just in was just blowing all of his inheritance money and it was going to be gone rather quickly. And this guy was really uh, frustrated because he loved his old partner so much, but did not know how to, um, how to wake his grandson up to the fact that, you know, he's been so blessed, but he should continue the tradition of his family. 
And anyways, he just goes on to tell a story of how both uh, him and his partner who had died had actually begun as slaves Mm -hmm. in ancient Babylon. And they had both decided to love work. Mm -hmm. And they had both decided to make work their friend and to have the spirit of a free man. And what they did, you know, they... They both were separate, but they had they would meet each other at the market when they would be sent by their masters to go to the market and sell their goods. And so they each uh, became industrious and and learned how to pay for their freedom as slaves. And then they you know they went on to to do great things as partners. And uh, it's just and and I know Garrett, you've said this a lot on the podcast as well. Of like, if you love if you learn to love work, it'll be your best friend and it'll bless you for the rest of your life mm-hmm. and it, it was just like I just loved that story like I'm so glad he ended with that one because I'd kind of forgotten a lot of the earlier stories I had remembered and 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 could have talked about but that was one I was like man I just I loved that one that was a good one yeah yeah and it's uh it's a easy book to go through because I've been through books where it's just like hey sit down on me and teach you these things they can be very arduous to get through even if it's good information Mm -hmm. and the way he wraps it up into um these stories makes it very easy to listen to and really punctuates the uh the lessons taught and there's three three lessons um on that that for me have really stuck out and um that's what's cool about listening to it again every time i've listened to it wherever i'm at in life it, it seems to answer some questions or point out a principle that will be useful at the time and the three that really have stuck with me um one is the one you just mentioned to love work because i think that like if you can do that and just say you know whatever i've got to do like i love being about doing things mm-hmm. like i can't imagine a world where uh the like that isn't useful um we've we've said before like it doesn't matter what type of country like it doesn't matter if this turned into a completely socialist country i'd figure out a way to be on top yep um and I think work is the highest principle of that to oh, to yeah. create that as the outcome. And uh, so there's no there's no reason to shy away from work. Like learn to love it, no matter what it is. Just get in there, even if you're suffering at first. Love to suffer. Yep. Um, and uh, so that's the first one. And then the second one that my grandpa my grandpa taught me before I uh, uh, read the book, and he. He mentions it all the time. Um, every time I sit down and talk business with him, and well, it's the principle of ten percent of all you earn is yours to keep. And in the book, he talks about like, yeah, that sounds fun. All the money you make is yours. And he's like, no, you give it away to the person that does this for you. You give it away to your mortgage. You give it away to for clothes. You give it away to your for your car. And, mm-hmm. and now nowadays, speak. And he's like, ten percent is yours to keep. And he uses that ten percent down the road in later stories to. Uh, actually produce more money mm-hmm. but it's yours to keep to spend on either growing that money or, or different than just your day-to-day living yeah and such a useful principle and when i apply that in my life um and i don't know if it's in that book or if other people have added this on but along with that principle is paying yourself first is that um, in the book it's actually no that one isn't in it but i've it, it uh is it Rich Dad, Poor Dad that yeah. says that? And which I think is a great tie along with that because it's so easy, even not not living overly um, 
luxurious or anything. It's so easy to pay everything and then that 10% isn't there. And he's like, hey, no, that 10%, you pay it first and you'll figure out the rest. Yeah. And if you've got to push some things off, you push some things off, but you never don't pay yourself. Um, and uh, the, yeah, I, right along with that, there's there's some principles that are good for personal finances and not good for business finances. Um, like in some businesses, it doesn't make sense to totally avoid debt. Yeah. Personally, lots of times it does make sense if you can totally avoid debt. Um, and so... That principle, though, I think applies in business as well as uh, your personal life. And that's what my grandpa's always pointed out to me is he was able to do a lot more in business because he always had that 10% that he paid himself in the in the company. Mm-hmm. And so the company always had a chunk there that allowed him to have access to much more capital because banks and institutions would look at that and say, oh, this is a super sound company. Yeah. And so I think that's useful. And then the third one, and it's probably on a daily basis that I think of this, is uh, the story about throwing the pebble in, in the river. Oh. And he's like, if I told myself that for 100 days I was going to walk by, um, when I walk over the bridge, I don't remember exactly, I'm going to pick up a pebble and throw it in. He's like, I, I would do it. I wouldn't walk by one day and pick up 100 pebbles and throw it in and be done with it. No, I would do exactly what I said I was going to do. And I think of that all the time, especially, I, I love the context he puts that in because it's such a minor, menial thing that really doesn't matter, but he told himself he was going to do it. And I loved that he didn't say it to anyone else. He just it. was did to it. himself. And I, I... Use self-talk all the time where I think, yeah, when I get home, I'll do the dishes. And I get home and it's like, oh, well, I'll do those layers. No, no. I told myself I was going to take care of these dishes when I got home. Boom. Take care of them. It's handled and it's great. And I, if, if you can live your life that way where you've got the discipline to do what you tell yourself what you're going to do, you'll be able to do what you tell others that you're going to do. And uh, you'll be someone that can be counted on. Yeah, and we've said here on this podcast like the world moves for people that can be counted on. Oh yeah, right, hundred percent. So um, those are the three like my top principles from the book that I think just like make the whole book incredible. And there's probably hundreds of similar ones like that oh, that yeah. um, are just so useful. But that's those are the three that for me are always sticking out and uh, um, yeah, are just awesome. Yeah. And and just one other thing, one last thing I wanted to add to the to, to the richest man in Babylon. Having just listened to it, I um I have noticed after listening to it that for some reason the because it is I, I can't remember what year it was written, but it was written quite a while ago. Yeah, yeah, it's not new. No, it, it's it, it's been 60s around. Sixties or some might yeah, even yeah. be the fifties. Yeah, it's it's been around for a while. But I have noticed there is something about, and this is just an observation, it's not really a principle or anything, but the old style of communication that this book has really gets to me. Mm-hmm. Like, like for some reason, I don't know if it's the way I was raised or just the way, you know, my personality, my way of being or whatever it is, but the old style of communication, like, really just resonates with me. 
and yeah. like I really like it, it, it seems to reach me more deeply than maybe a more modern style of of communication. And I don't know if this is exactly what you're saying, but for me, like there, I find value in someone that puts the effort into being formal, being um, precise in their language, and intentional about it. Yeah. And I think I think that's why there's still so much value in someone sitting down and writing a letter, yeah. or giving you a phone call or seeing you in person even better. Um, and this will diverge with something that I've seen Gary V say, and he's like, oh, yeah, we put value on uh, um, letters, but texts are just the same, and that's the same, and yada, yada, and we just think things that are old are so cool. And I, I just totally disagree with him on that. I think there really is value, and there's a difference if someone takes the time to sit down and articulate a letter that's well thought out and then even more value added if it's more formal. Um, and well-written. And well-written, yeah, and it, it shows the time and the effort. Now, that's not to say that there's not value in a quick text of, hey, I'm, I thought of you and I'm thankful of, that you're in my life and you're a great person. Like, absolutely, I think it's incredible that we can do that like that. Mm-hmm. And a given notice when it pops into our head, you can do that while you're walking through the parking lot to get in your pickup. Yeah. Like, I think that's incredible and even more valuable, I think, is. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a good way to put it. Something that's articulated. So, I, I guess what I'm saying in a roundabout way is I totally agree with you. Yeah. I love when I get find a good classic book like that that uh, they just spent more time. And that, like I said, that doesn't take away from, say, a Grant Cardone book. Yeah, that's got a really lot of good information, but that dude ain't—he uh, probably doesn't give a shit if stuff's spelled right. And oh, I do that a lot too. Oh yeah, it's like, hey, no, it's about community. Like, I just gotta get the message out. Yep. And like, when it's time for that, I think there's appropriate and good times for. Oh, both. I guarantee you, I I have sat down and read some of Grant Cardone's books, and it's like spelling error, grammar error, spelling error. Hell grammar. yeah! <laughs> and I'm like, you're like, but but you gotta love the message, dude. Like mm-hmm. the message is just spot on. Yeah. Yeah, and so I th- I just think there's value in both of them. Yeah, I'd agree. Well, all right. Well, we appreciate you guys listening. Share it with your friends. It's time for us to go get after it today. Peace.